And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Welcome, everybody, to 103. Thanks for tuning in. Darren Starr here, um, the host of everybody's favorite podcast that has me as a host, right? This should be your favorite in that category. I would certainly hope so. Uh, we've got a few things to discuss today. I'm a day late and a dollar short. I wanted to do this yesterday, and it, uh, it well, you know, it just didn't happen. <laughs> I can make all kinds of excuses. I'm really good at that. It is um, possibly my one God-given talent is creating excuses for things. But I will spare you and just say that, uh, you know, I was really tired. I ended up taking, uh, boy, it was. it ended up being about an hour and a half nap yesterday. Not when I would have been recording this, but that's just an indication of like how zonked I was. Eventually, you know, I wrapped up my work day and uh, went up. I'm like, I'm just going to lay down for 15, 20 minutes. 90 minutes later, I'm like, oh, crap, what happened? So, um, yeah, there is that. Um, what, uh, what do we have today? So, um, we have a couple of, uh, a couple of listener questions that we're going to go over here, um, that form some good, uh, good conversation topics. So we're going to go over those and just a, a little grab bag of things right off the bat. Um, so I've made some updates to the website. A lot of those are behind the scenes, like working on really, really boring search engine optimization stuff, um, stuff that is necessary for sure, um, but uh, really boring. But one thing that uh, I kind of bury the lead on this uh, in the last episode uh, or two episodes ago was um, I do have all of the uh, apparel stuff up on the website now. So if you go to fivestarphysique.com, click on shop, you can find all kinds of uh, logo emblazoned apparel up there. Um, so, um, and along with that, so there are various collections and what we see up there is the five star physique logo collection. Now that is also the only collection that we have now. So what I'm going to be doing is putting together a second collection, which is going to be some different design that we will then find on all those same kind of things like tees, tanks, sweatshirts, um, baseball tees, all that kind of stuff. So I am seeking inspiration for new designs. It will be things that, you know, are in the same general um, realm. Like there will probably be a logo, possibly a website mentioned on there as well, fivestarphysique.com. Um, but uh, I, I would like to seek input on 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 slogans or phrases or things like that. Um, like, uh, oh, I, I don't even know. I have a few, but... I'm just like, you know, would I really wear something that says that? I don't know. So um, I also am not a fan of wearing things that could be seen as conversation starters for obvious reasons. So I feel like I am the wrong person to be designing this stuff. Hence, I am soliciting feedback. So if anybody has ideas, um, let me know. Uh, and I can I can get to work on that. I just need the spark of inspiration. So, uh, But all the existing stuff is, uh, is up there right now. Very reasonably priced. Um, I'm not making much on that stuff, but uh, I know uh, I ha- I've had so, so many requests for logo apparel, et cetera, throughout the years. Um, I feel very accomplished that I finally got on it. That was a huge thing off the to-do list for 2018. It was a big accomplishment. Um, the raffle, congrats once again to uh, Craig, the winner of uh, last week's raffle on Friday. I got his order um, put together, and uh, it'll be shipping out shortly. Um 
And uh, so this will be a continuous thing. So as soon as one raffle ends, the next one begins. Um, and I just don't know when this one's going to end. <laughs> so it may may end on Friday. It might not end until next Friday. I don't know. The point being, get your call in. 865-518-2974 is the number. Call, leave a message, um, and I'll play you on air. And we'll use that as a, a Kickstarter for a, a conversation. So um, one thing, and I can't believe it is uh, January 15th, and I have neglected to mention this, uh, something that went down on January 1st, and that is the passing of uh, legend, bodybuilding legend Ed Corney. So uh, if you're not familiar with him, Google him. Ed Corney, C-O-R-N-E-Y. Um, absolute legend. And uh, specifically, uh, you, and you can find videos of him um, in his stage posing routine. This is a guy from Arnold's era. Um, and his posing was really kind of unparalleled. And so when I'm talking to uh, people that I'm working with um, that are targeting like classic physique or bodybuilding, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and men or women, I would also say as well, I have them look at him. Um, and it all comes down to quality of movement and conviction in movement. Um, so, you know, there, there is nothing like you look at him on stage, there is never like even a twinge of hesitation or uncertainty, like every movement is just like overflowing with confidence and with purpose. Um, and he owns the stage completely when he is up there. I mean, absolutely owns it and dominates it. And it's all in the way he moves. Um, you know, he has a good physique. It was never like completely overpowering, like, oh my God. Um, good physique, um, but just the posing and the quality of movement that he had. Um, that is the kind of thing that, you know, anybody, man or woman, um, should look at and kind of aspire to. So, uh, uh, best wishes to, to his family. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad to, to lose a legend, but, uh, you know, such as, uh, such as the case in bodybuilding and, and everywhere, really. I mean, you know, the one thing about, uh, people in our lives is they come and go. Uh, so it's a, it's a sad truth. Um, I was working with a, a client who is, who is targeting a show, um, here in Tennessee, actually. He doesn't live here, but he was making a trip up, um, to the other side of the state, which, you know, Tennessee's a long state. That's about seven and a half hours from me. So, you know, it wasn't, wasn't to get close to me or anything like that, but, uh, he had, he had various reasons for going there and, um, it just happened to work well. He had other reasons for being there. So the travel made sense. So he's going to do a show here. And so we had it on the calendar and we're like, okay, we just need to know what the official date is for that. We know when it has historically been. So the timing works really well. Um, and lo and behold, it is not happening this year. So, um, just a, a gentle reminder to everyone out there, you can use, um, and, and especially during this time of year or late in the year, like November, December, when you're looking at a show for the, the year ahead, um, you can use, let's use the most recent example. We just finished 2018. So November, December of 2018, you can use the 2018 calendar as a pretty good guideline usually as far as what shows are going to be available when you're planning ahead for 2019, but it is not idiot proof until the date is announced. Um, so the, the show in question that we were looking at was the, um, what was it? It was the hub city show in, um, Jackson, Tennessee and, uh, yeah, hub city fitness quest. And it was on the Tennessee bodybuilding.com calendar for a while. Um, and then it was gone. And so he noticed that my client did. He's like, uh, the show doesn't appear to be on the list anymore. Not sure what's up with that. And I did a little digging and, um, 
they uh they uh the the contract that they had with the venue expired and the official note from them says due to our contract that has expired with blah we're unable to find a venue large enough to put together a quality show in Jackson Tennessee therefore we are postponing our event this season to which i had a word of advice for the promoter you had one job one job secure a venue and let's be clear this is a high school that they were doing this show at i mean come on really there, there's no other high school. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's just, uh, I'm not a promoter. So I, I feel bad. Well, that's obviously not true. I feel a little out of place dogging on promoters, but when you can't secure a venue for your show, um, that just shows me you're not trying. <laughs> I mean, you can come up with something you can, I mean, this is, it's a big loss. And that's first of all, there's a there's a big competitive void in in Western Tennessee now um, in May. Um, so a show in the Memphis area um, early in the season, there isn't one now. So um, it, it's uh, unfortunate. You know, it sends us scrambling for different show options. So now instead of May, we're targeting August now. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into planning that. So it's a little little irritated. So I'm uh, on a personal level, I'm irritated. But on a more professional level, I'm like, how, how did that happen? It's just uh, an, an oddity that is, is worth noting. But also, it's a, it's a good lesson here to, to say that you can use um, previous year's calendars as a starting point, but it is not a guaranteed certainty that shows that have existed in the past will necessarily be there um, going forward. So along those same notes, let's jump into a voicemail that I have here. Hey, Darren. It's Mary from Texas. Um, my question is show selection. Um, since I'm going to be doing my first NPC show this year, and um, I've had you know the surgery and still trying to get a show in before Memorial Day weekend, uh, what would your advice be as far as shooting for um, competing in a national qualifier show or a non-national qualifying show? Thanks. Thank you, Mary. Good question. And uh, yeah, very, uh, very appropriate given what we were talking about coming into this. It's almost like somebody's planning out this show or something like that. Wow, what gives? So um, hold on. If we can if we can listen to this really quick, I'm going to adjust the microphone positioning down here. Listen for it here. I don't know if y'all heard that. That was the sound of me writing Mary's name on a post-it note. So this will then go into the raffle. So thank you, Mary. You are now eligible for the next drawing whenever that is. I might decide to do it in five minutes. I don't know. In which case, congratulations. You win. Um, or uh, I might decide to do it uh, Friday or next week. I don't know. Um, that's the level of uh, unpredictability that we have here at the drop set. And, and yet, you all put up with it and tolerate that crap anyway. Thank you. So great question. Um, national qualifier or not. Now, I will say in a lot of regions, it is a non-question. Um, North Carolina is one because you know I used to live there. I'm very familiar with the North Carolina competitive landscape, specifically in the NPC. Um, all of the NPC shows are national qualifiers. You don't have a choice. Um, they all are. In Tennessee, I think most of them are, and there may be an exception there. Let me see. They used to have that denoted on... Um, yeah, at TennesseeBodybuilding.com, they used to have that denoted. Like there were asterisks um, next to the show names for the ones that were national qualifiers. But let me just see this Nashville Fit Show, I think may not be. 
Um, <laughs> official show website. So you got to dig around a little bit here. So if we click on the official show website for this, it's at NashvilleFitShow.com. This is the first um, NPC show of the season here. Um, this it's interesting in that it is uh, all female, and that's it. It's bikini figure fitness WPD. No man at this show. Interesting. Okay. Um, and, and the thing is, when you find a show that is not a national qualifier, they don't tell you that it's not a national qualifier. You've got to look for something that says, this is a national qualifier. It's it, And typically it'll be on the poster. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's NPC sanctioned. Okay, we get that. Great. But I'm looking around, looking around, and I, I feel like this one might not be. But you got to dig. You got to dig. Um, click on the show. So here is, you know, here's where you can buy tickets. Great. Here's the show schedule. Register for an NPC card. All kinds of embedded videos, interviews, etc. Great, great, great. Book your tanning here. Book your makeup and hair here. Awesome. Okay. Athlete info, maybe. Um, class descriptions. Register online. Get your NPC card. Blah, 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 blah. Um, let's see. Okay, open. So they're, they're defining the class descriptions here, and this is always good to review. Um, I get a lot of questions about this also. Side note here, Mary. Um, so true novice, uh, very first time competing only. Regardless of, you know, maybe you competed before, but you didn't compete in true novice. Well, that was your only shot to do it. If it ain't your first show ever, you're not a true novice. Novice here, it says athlete that has never won their class in novice or in open. So if you go straight into your first show and you compete in open and you win your class, you can now never compete in novice. So, okay, great. It just means you can't cross over. You're just doing open and maybe you can cross over to masters if you're, uh, if you meet the age requirements. Open, it says open to any NPC registered athlete. Um, and then it's, it has a parenthetical note here. Let me see if I can process this because when I read it at a glance, it doesn't make sense. An athlete who has won the open overall title at a national qualifying contest may not compete in a non-national qualifier in the same area or district as the contest he or she won. So, um, okay, so that that is a distinction for national qualifier or not. If you compete at a national qualifier show and you win your class or the overall, um, I'm sorry, no, just the overall, um, you cannot compete at a non-national national qualifier. Now it says in the same area or district, the NPC doesn't really define those well. So I don't know if that means state or what, like if you, uh, if, if, because this show that this one does not appear to be a, uh, a national qualifier because it does not say anywhere that it is. And if it was, it would, um, so uh, the, the, we'll, we'll go under the assumption that this is not a national qualifier. So, um, what that means, I, I don't know. So does that mean that if I go to um, Kentucky and I compete in a show there and I win my overall, does that mean I can't come and compete here? I don't know. What What is the region? And, and who is policing that? I mean, seriously, is anybody enforcing that at all? Is anybody going through the show results and saying, oh, you know what? You have competed before and you won, so you can't compete. I mean, no, I think that's that's a, a rule that is put in to be uh, applied and followed in spirit and self-policed only. So um, 
So point point being, you know, if you're going to identify a show that is a national qualifier versus one that is not, um, it can be tricky. Um, so you'll have to check out, you know, the show poster will usually say it. Like if we go to ncnpc.com, this is the North Carolina NPC website. Um, now they used to have a note that said, um, all shows are national qualifiers. Let me see what they say now. So now everything has an asterisk by it. And down at the bottom, it says asterisk denotes national qualifier. So every one of these shows is a national qualifier. Great. Okay. So, um, you got to dig a little bit. And I think like in Texas, for example, so Mary was talking about Texas and I know Mary, you're also looking at, you know, shows in, in nearby States as well for Texas um, here. So we've got Phil Heath, Ronnie Coleman, the city limits, Southeast Texas, Kuklo, uh, Europa, Adela Garcia, battle on the Bay, branch Warren, Lee Labrada, Southwest USA, San Antonio, supplement express, Johnny Jackson, iron house, heart of Texas, John Sherman, San Antonio Classic, Texas Legends, Texas State, Texas Cup, Battle of Texas. Bleh. Those are all the NPC shows in Texas. Every one of those on the index page of the website says National Qualifier right under it. So, And I think you will find that is typically the case. Most NPC shows are going to be National Qualifiers. So um, what I would say... You know, I mean, like the the uh, the Nashville Fit Show, which is not a, a national qualifier. It's going to be a smaller show because it's women only. And I think most of the um, national qualifier, or most of those that are not national qualifiers, are probably going to be smaller shows. Um, is there an, a real advantage to picking one of those? No, not really. I mean, what would happen is if you go to one of those shows and you do well you you don't get your national qualifier out of it. So it's kind of like, you know, competing at an, at an unsanctioned show almost. There's there's no uh there's no carryover effect. That competing in that show and doing well does nothing for you outside of and you know, it's just in a vacuum. It's what you do in that show. So, um I I have not seen evidence that um that non-national qualifier shows are really, you know, less competitive. Uh, I think the one thing is they are much less common. There are fewer of them. And oftentimes they're in places where you don't really have a whole lot of shows. Like I'm looking at, um, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talk about this national fit show and doing it. I don't hear anybody, anybody talking about, well, I would do it, but it's not a national qualifier. So I don't think that enters into most people's calculus. And part of it is the fact that they don't advertise that it's not a national qualifier. So unless you know to look, that's not going to enter into your thought process. And so you might be like, woohoo, I got my national qualification. Oh, wait, no, I didn't, because that's not what the show was. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I realistically, I don't think it's, uh, it, it, I don't know if it, Offline, Mary, let me know if there's a specific show you're looking at, <laughs> one that's not a national qualifier. Um, I think, generally speaking, it uh, it doesn't really matter just because there aren't too many options um, for shows that aren't. Um, but I, I would say, realistically, you know, if, if the goal is to use, you know, a, a local regional show as a stepping stone, then yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you would want to seek out one specifically that is a national qualifier and disqualify anything that isn't on that list. So good question though. So um, now next up, we have um, something that I got to pull up on Instagram here. This was not a voicemail. Um, 
Let's see. Um, this is from where'd it go? Where'd it go? I had it. I had it a moment ago. Leanne Parker. So thank you, Leanne, for the good question here. Um, so this came via an Instagram message. It says, "Hi, Darren. I've just started listening to the drop set and about halfway through now. Holy crap! You just started and you're about halfway through because that's like 50 episodes. Unless you mean like halfway through one episode, which would be a little bit more reasonable and probably less hazardous to your health because I think taking in." Uh, Taking in my voice with that level of frequency has got to be like qualifications for putting you in a mental institution or something like that. It can't be good. Um, so she says, I know you spoke about this in an episode, but can't remember which. I used my fitness pal and recently got a Fitbit. The first instinct was to link the two, but I found that it then automatically started changing the my fitness pal macro targets. So the question is, what is more accurate? Working out your macro and energy needs in the conventional way minus a deficit and use that. Add your basal metabolic rate to the average amount of calories burned according to the Fitbit and then uh, subtract the deficit. She says, naturally, I would then divide the amount into the macros. Just want to understand what is the better way of doing things. So, yeah, so that that is that is the issue when you link the two or the other thing that can happen is you can manu manually enter your um, activity into your logging app whether it's you know my fitness pal lose it spark people whatever um you can you can enter your activity there the idea being you know when you plug in your statistics it gives you um i think the way that the calculation works for most of these apps is when you're trying to factor... Okay, let's let's dial it back here a little bit. Hold on. Uh, hold, hold the phone. Unplug. Uh, if I wasn't so lazy, I would go back and rewind and edit this part out. But, uh, you know, at this point, you know that's not the game I play. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to start spewing crap out and then correct myself as needed here. So, when we're trying to figure out what your caloric expenditure is. Um, as Leanne was alluding to here, there's your basal metabolic rate. So that's determined solely by, you know, age, gender, height, um, lean tissue, those kind of factors. So what this means is basically, you know, if you are lying in a vegetative state or sleeping all day long, how many calories are you burning? Um, and then on top of that, what we might want to do, because basal metabolic rate, okay, well, that's something, but that's not really anything that's very useful um, as far as, you know, trying to figure out an intake pattern based around. Instead, what you want to factor in is your, what you want to calculate is your total daily energy expenditure. So, um, and that, that will take your um, basal metabolic rate and then add some kind of a multiplier on there based on your activity level. So, if we, if we go to Google and we type in TDEE calculator, Total Daily Energy Expenditure Calculator. Um, what do we have? TDEEcalculator.net. What are the kind of things that it's going to ask us for? So um, there, there are a couple of calculations that you can use. Um, and so most of these calculators will throw in an option to uh, select one of those calculations or the other. Um, so it's gender, uh, male, female. I'll, I'll just plug this in for me as it sits right now. Age, uh, 41, soon to be 42. Weight, 217 as of this morning. Height, 6 foot even activity. Um, so th this is where these calculators fall apart because none of these are descriptive enough. Now, what I would say um, is really necessary, and you will not find a TDEE calculator that works this way, which is why I don't recommend using these for anything other than like a really, really ballpark rough guess, um, is you should really have two different activity categories because um, for me, uh, you know, 
<laughs> uh, the, the first option is sedentary, office job. Okay, click. That's me. I am the least active personal trainer there is. I sit on my ass in this chair all freaking day. But then below that, you have options for, well, light exercise, moderate exercise, heavy exercise, or athlete two times per day. So heavy exercise being six days, six to seven days per week. Okay, well, what is heavy exercise? Is that lifting? Is that cardio? Um, and how can I differentiate that between my job? So, um, you know, because I have a sedentary office job, but I also lift heavy and I do some light cardio six days a week. So which of these do I pick? Do I kind of split the middle and go for, well, moderate exercise, I don't know, three to five days per week, body fat optional, I'm going to guess like I don't know, 11%, something like that. So let's just calculate it. I said moderate exercise. Um, it says my maintenance calories, 3,500 per day. Um, my Fitbit disagrees with that. And I don't know if I necessarily trust the Fitbit more. That seems kind of high. I don't know. Just because... I would say I, I exercise heavily, but also I have a very sedentary job. So um, one other thing that you could do is say, okay, well, what if I did pick that on, what if I did uh, select sedentary job there? So now it says, okay, well, 2,700 calories per day. I tell you, on a, on a day where I don't do anything, my burn is not 2,700 calories. It's lower than that. So um, th this formula already starts to feel like it's off. It also says my ideal weight is 161 to 177 pounds. My BMI is 29.4. I'm classified as overweight, uh, and I am five-tenths of a point away from being obese. Woohoo! Hopefully, in another month or two, I will be obese. Um, I think I've talked about BMI before and how much I hate that calculation. But And so, that what, what did that say again? 2,700, is that right? Yeah, 2,700. Um, and then if I pick, uh, I'm an athlete. Um, I, I exercise twice per day, which during prep, yeah, morning cardio, lift, post-workout cardio. It's actually three times a day. Now it says I'm burning 4,300 calories a day. Yeah, I don't know about that. That seems awfully high. These numbers seem really kind of skewed. I don't, I don't know how much I dig that. Um, and then it gives you some uh, macronutrient breakdowns here. So uh, some, so it says, you know, moderate carb for maintenance um, would have me at 322 grams of protein, 167 grams of fat, 376 grams of far, uh, far of carbs. Um, that's a lot of food. Damn. Well, so what if I wanted to bulk? Ooh. Now, now the lower carb option for a bulk has me at 480 grams of protein. So you can see this calculator is kind of some bullshit right here. So when, you, when you're talking about whether to calculate your BMR and then log your activity on top of that, just keep in mind that you are looking at one imperfect solution versus another imperfect solution. Um, what your maintenance calories are, quote unquote, supposed to be is not necessarily a reflection of reality at all. Your life history, your, um, you know, your actual activity multiplier that would be the relevant thing to know here, which, you know, that's one of those things that I, I classify as kind of unknowable. Um, you know, anything that you get from your Fitbit. One thing I, that I um, have noticed from, you know, this. Uh, I have a Fitbit Ionic that I've been wearing for a while now. Um, is that uh, you know it it it's it tracks some things interesting. I think the things that uh, I get the most benefit from um, are the the step counts, just so that I can see like oh I've had a really active day or hot damn I have been a real slug today, and then also the uh, the flights of steps. Um, so that that just you know again it's a it's a level of overall activity. I don't necessarily put a whole lot of stock in the caloric burn. Just because it's factoring that based on the variables that it reads directly from you, such as heart rate. And uh, what I found is that that heart rate is often incorrect. 
Um, like it says, you know, you, I, I track every cardio session. Like I tell it, okay, I'm starting a walk around the block or I'm starting my lifting session. And so it turns on the active monitoring, um, in there. And then when you're done, you stop it. And then it gives you a summary display. Um, every single time, because the, in the summary display, one of the things that it shows you is your max heart rate. Every single time, it says, says my max heart rate was somewhere around 180. Now, I'm not watching it the whole time to be able to find out exactly when it said that. But I can tell you, the last time my heart rate was around 180 was when I was in my 20s. Um, it does not go in that range at all. I would say the highest my heart rate has probably been in the last year or two is like, you know, maybe 145, 150. just doesn't get that high. Even during cardio, it does not get that high. So it certainly doesn't spike at 180. Uh, I can promise you that. So there's some errant readings happening there, which is going to provide some errant um, caloric totals for that session and then for the day as well. So I don't necessarily trust that a whole lot. What I can tell you is that right now where my macros are, I'm pretty much maintaining if I stick to those. And it's around, it's around 300, 275, which that is around like 2,700 calories, something like that. I just made that number up, but it's about that. Um, and okay, I'm, I'm maintaining on that. So that then becomes a, a much more accurate representation and a much better number that I can use than anything a calculator might throw at me. Um, which, I mean, I think this one actually. So it says, uh, you know, if all this stuff is correct and I'm sedentary, it says uh, yeah, about 2,700 calories. So, you know, uh, but that's also according to this, cal this calculator that I found online telling me that I don't exercise at all. So clearly this calculator is off. But I can arrive at the right number if I skew the answers to my questions a little bit. Not terribly useful. Not terribly useful. So um, to answer, Leanne, your question <laughs> in the most roundabout way possible, neither of those are really great solutions. Um, the, the best solution to come up with is, you know, and, and how I approach macronutrients for somebody. And usually, you know, n nobody starts working with a coach saying, all right, I want to maintain. So, you know, I'm, I'm rarely targeting maintenance levels right out of the gate for somebody. Usually it's, oh, we want to come in at a little bit of a deficit or a little bit of a surplus. The way I start is, um, it's pretty simple, you know, based on a lot of experience, working with a lot of different people, looking at all these variables and trying to get a sense for, you know, how does this person live? How active are they? You know, all the kind of things that I, I ask in my intake assessment questionnaire. Um, I, uh, you know, quite frankly, I kind of make an educated guess. Um, and then I want to collect a few days worth of data and see how things work. Um, and sometimes there are no surprises. Oftentimes there are surprises and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're less optimal. Um, like sometimes I will say, well, you know what? This is a, a woman who is, you know, untrained right now. We're trying to build the routine. I know that her capacity for food intake as far as clean stuff is going to be kind of low because that is almost always the case. You throw somebody, you know, let's say a woman who's five foot three, you know, average weight, average body composition and is new to this. Um, and you throw 1300 calories worth of food at her from clean sources. And she's going to talk to you as though it's like, as though it's double that it's 2,600. Oh, I'm so full all the time. I can't eat. Uh, this is too much food. It's like, it's 1300 calories. Come on. Um, so you've got to meet somebody, you know, uh, where they are and try to try to work from there. So, um, 
what I would typically say as a starting point is one gram per pound of body weight for um, protein. For dietary fats, I'd start somewhere in the 50 to 70 range. For carbs, I'd start somewhere in the, you know, very broadly speaking, the 100 to 200 range. Um, and then based on how you feel on that, how you perform on that, and how your body changes on that. And I'm talking about changes over the course of the first few days, you know, as far as like, we're trying to, basically we are putting on a blindfold, we are grabbing a dart and we are throwing it and trying to see where it hits. Um, and you know, to, to sweeten the analogy a little bit, we're kind of peeking through the blindfold a little bit. So we got a little bit of an idea of what we're aiming for. Um, but after a couple of days on that, I mean, heck after one day on that, you might have a really good sense like, Oh my God, I was starving all day long, I thought I was going to die, and I woke up and I was down 2.8 pounds. Okay, great. Let's bump those numbers up a little bit. Um, depending on what happens for those first few days, you'll get a good sense of where things need to change. Now, um, I guess in my third attempt, Leanne, to actually answer your question, don't do either of those things. Um I don't rely on the calculators that are built into those apps, and I certainly don't connect them with any devices that are going to be then um, tracking my activity. Now, also, you know, I am a coach. I work with all my clients. The advice that I give them is um, never use the targets within an app um, because they, they will, you know, especially my fitness pal, because unless you have the premium version, you can't plug in your exact targets anyway. Um, and the premium version, as we've discussed on here before, I don't really think is worth it. Um, so your, your targets are never going to be precise. They will change periodically as well. So what I do, you know, my targets, they're three numbers. And right now for me, they're round numbers, 300, 275. I can remember three numbers. And so I make sure that the targets on my app are nowhere near those so I don't get confused. So I actually set my targets at like 100, 100, 100, just so that I know, oh yeah, those are bogus numbers. Those aren't my actual targets. And I know what I'm actually targeting. And then I don't let my activity levels um, change that. Unless, you know, my coach gives me adjusted macros for a non-training day, which right now I don't have. So um, that is how I do it. I, I come up with the numbers. So you know, I provide them for clients. I have them provided for me by my coach. Um, and if you if you don't have a coach, as Leanne says that she doesn't in her in her note here, then um, a little bit of trial and error is probably going to help you arrive at a, a proper maintenance level, and then you can go in whatever direction you want from there a little bit faster and with a slightly more ideal macronutrient distribution than what you would find here, where you know it says you know if I am. Um, if I am an athlete and I'm training twice a day and I want to uh, put on um, mass that uh, I need, <laughs> I need somehow um, to come up with 480 grams of protein if I want to bulk. That's just insane. Um, so I don't, I don't trust these calculators at all. And everything in um, those apps are based on, you know, similar calculators and similar formulas. So I don't put a lot of stock in those. So th that is a very roundabout answer that answered, you know, a bunch of questions you didn't ask. So there you go. Um, <laughs> very roundabout, um, uh, overly granular and, um, very off topic as well. Um, I feel like, uh, I need a shirt that says that cause that sums me up pretty well, I think. Um, Good question, though. Very good question. Let me just see if I had anything else. I don't think I did. I have, you know, I always have good questions from clients throughout the week, but I always forget to save those in a place where I can then refer back to them um, when I uh, uh, when I want to uh, when I want to come up with uh, with podcast topics. I uh, I don't think 
I really have anything else. So this might be about all we got for today. So um, once again, um, I have the post-it note in my hand right here that has Mary's name on it. So it's going in the hat for the raffle. We'll see who joins her. So once again, 865-518-2974. Call in, leave your questions. Let me know what's on your mind. Let's talk about it. This will be a short one today. We're just about 35 minutes. So um, we'll go on hiatus here until Friday. Come back and see where we sit then. So if you've got questions in the meantime, call in, hit me up on social media. Once again, the only people that are raffle eligible are the ones that call in. That is my way of trying to bribe you to call me. Not that I feel so um, alone that I need phone calls all the time, but um, you know, I, I like hearing your voice on the podcast. It breaks up the breaks up things a little bit, and it's just better overall. So, and once again, check out fivestarphysique.com. Click on shop to see the swag that I've got up there. If you wanna if you wanna rock the brand, always appreciated. Um, and uh, hit me up with any questions. Fivestarphysique.com. Click on contact. You can email me directly, Darren at fivestarfitness.com. Everybody have a great week. We'll check back in on Friday.